the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, June the 27th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On June 27, 2016, the U.S. Supreme Court issued its strongest defense of abortion in a quarter century. It struck down Texas' widely replicated rules that sharply reduced abortion clinics. Ironically, Six years later, almost to the day, Roe v. Wade is history. Today in 1844, Mormon leader Joseph Smith and his brother Hiram were killed by a mob in Carthage, Illinois. Today in 1880, Helen Keller, who lived most of her life without sight or hearing, she was both blind and deaf, she was born in Alabama. Today in 1991, Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall the first black jurist to sit on the nation's highest court, he announced his retirement. His departure led to a very contentious nomination of Clarence Thomas to succeed him. The chairman of the uh, committee, the judicial committee at the time, was none other than Senator Joe Biden. He did everything within his power to destroy the nomination of Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas, I believe, divinely appointed, I I believe, to serve in the role that he serves in, sits in that chair to this day. He is a gentleman. He is one of the brightest minds that has ever served on the Supreme Court, in my opinion. And Senator Biden did everything in his power to destroy that nomination. Today in 2005, the Supreme Court ruled in a pair, two of them, five to four decisions that displaying the Ten Commandments on government property was constitutionally permissible in some cases, but not others. Ironic that a nation built on Judeo-Christian values, a nation formed in the quest for religious freedom, seen by some of those coming, William Bradford in particular, as a city on a hill. Yet to this day, the Ten Commandments are okay in some cases, but not others to be, to even touch government property. God help us. And he is. I'll tell you about that in a moment. Today, in 2006, a constitutional amendment to ban desecration of the American flag. It died in the Senate. Did not get out of the Senate. It fell one vote short of the 67 needed to send it to the states for ratification. The people that didn't vote for that back then were telling all of the anarchists, you go ahead and enjoy all of the privileges and the benefits of America, but you can trample the flag, because that's within your rights to hate America. Bite the hand that feeds you, so to speak. 
That happens. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. We look at the mess that's going on in our world today, not just our country, but our world, but particularly here in America. And sometimes you just want to run. You want to run away from it all. Well, there's a biblical solution for all of that. When you feel like running, don't run away from anything. Run to the Lord. The name of the Lord. He's your strong tower. It's safe there. Nobody else can offer you safety, but God can offer safety. And it's real safety. Paul writing to the Romans in chapter 16, verse 20, he says this, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. I want to talk to you a little bit today about bruising Satan. Satan got bruised this morning. There was a, um, the Supreme Court dropped, as they say, another one of their rulings. They ruled this morning, just a matter of two or three hours ago, they announced it. Former Washington State high school football coach does indeed have a right to pray on a field immediately after games. NBC is mourning this decision, of course. They're saying that this decision could lead to more acceptance of religious expression at public schools. Oh, no. God help us. We can't have that because that violates separation. Yeah, well, they worry out loud. The ruling was a victory for Joseph Kennedy. Remember him, the coach, assistant coach over at Bremerton High School? Yeah, this, uh, they were saying he violated his religious freedom by telling him he couldn't pray so publicly after the games. He kept doing it, kind of like Daniel in the light. I mean, he just kept praying. The district said he, he was trying, that they were trying to avoid the appearance that the school was endorsing a religious point of view. I don't think that's what they were doing. Maybe some on the board were. I don't know them personally. I don't think I know anybody there on personally, although we have quite a few relatives in that area. But anyway, I don't think they were doing that necessarily, collectively. I think they were running from the ACLU and a few atheists because they were scared to death that they might sue them. And they just, there's no school district that has money, as far as I know. So they're always broke. They've always spent more than they got, as far as money is concerned. And they're always afraid of the boogeyman that's hiding in the shadows. And the boogeyman is usually one atheist somewhere who writes a letter that costs maybe $100 total to have a lawyer write it with a stamp on it. Maybe it's $300, whatever. They write this threatening a lawsuit, and these school boards just faint. They just fall over in kind of a coma. And they say, oh, we can't violate separation, separation, separation. Boy, I'll tell you. In recent years, a more conservative Supreme Court, however has been inclined to view government actions it once considered to be neutral, necessary, NBC admits, to maintain separation of church and state as hostile to religious expression. It's interesting. One issue in the case was whether the coach's decision 
to pray in such a prominent place on the 50-yard line amounted to a private moment of giving thanks or a public demonstration of his religious faith that his players might have felt compelled to join. What they were saying, I'm going to talk about this more tomorrow, but what they were saying basically in their accusations against the coach is that not only should he not be praying on holy government ground, but he should not be doing so where anyone can see him because his players might see him and that might compel them to pray also. That's what they were saying. There is a movement within the left to uh, stop what they're calling proselytizing. We call it witnessing for Christ or giving our testimony or sharing Christ with people and so on. They call it proselytizing because that's the most pejorative word they can use against people who share their faith. We share our faith because Jesus Christ said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I mean, that's the great commission. And he, we've been told to share our faith. And when Christ changes our lives and, and transforms our lives, and we were once helplessly in sin and out of control and God comes and forgives us and restores us and makes a new creature out of us. We call it sometimes born again. We want to tell other people about it. I mean, man, when you go to, you know, the ice cream store and you find this great flavor that you, oh, it's your favorite flavor of all time, at least for that week. You just tell somebody, say, man, I had this blueberry ice cream and it was great. I mean, how much more when you find eternal life in Christ. You just want to tell somebody. The left is really taking a position against that. It started in the military, particularly the Air Force, particularly in the Colorado Springs Air Force Academy. But it's it's spreading, it's seeping into the culture now on the left. This We've got to stop these people from proselytizing. And they use that word again and again and again. Kennedy urged the Supreme Court to find that he was acting on his own behalf, expressing his own religious views, not speaking as a mouthpiece for the school. But the school district said the students on the football team looked up to their coach and they might feel coerced into praying. <laughs> I think the board is the one that should feel a little coerced into praying, to be honest with you. But what a great victory, a victory. And NBC is right. This decision could lead, as they say, I think it probably will lead, to a more acceptance of religious expression at public schools. Maybe not by the media and some weak-kneed school boards, but certainly by the courts, and particularly the high court. That's why the left is so obsessed, possessed, with this whole idea of the Supreme Court. Yet, on the other hand, we have this great victory today. I'll, be, I'll talk a little bit more about that tomorrow, and I have some other <clears throat> victories <coughs> excuse me, to talk about tomorrow. But today I want to get to the other side. We do want to bruise Satan, and he is being bruised. There is a move in the other direction today, meaning away from the leftist movement. But boy, they're holding on. They're clinching on the on the very threshold. Every day, they won't let go. They won't quit. Seattle had its pride parade yesterday. Children younger than 10 stood with their parents and all of their 
they're gay and transgender and blah, 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 flags waving and shirts and T-shirts and all kinds of apparel. And these little kids stood there with their parents who had brought them to this demonic thing. And they watched nude adult bicyclists ride by, showing off their bodies, naked bodies, in front of these little kids. And then they stand with a straight face and tell courts or other people or parents in school board meetings, we're not trying to indoctrinate your children. Don't believe that for a moment. These nude cyclists, nobody knew for sure who they were representing. They were just demonstrating themselves. They said they're trying to challenge body shame and build self-esteem. <laughs> I'll tell you, I don't know. The parade reportedly began with the Boy Scouts of America leading the proceedings. They carried both pride flags and American flags. The pro-abortion protesters were there challenging the recent Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. Some of the news reports of the parade, no, I, I was not there. Um, some of the news reports said that they were enthusiastically received. I'll bet they were because the gay movement, the homosexual movement, and the abortion movement are locked at the hip. If anybody tells you they're not, they are. Believe me. In the parade were a bunch of Amazon workers from some of the offices around the area, I suppose. And um, they were marching in the parade, challenging their company, Amazon, to remove all transphobic books from its platform. Its website. All transphobic books from its platform. This activist group, they were calling, they, had, they were carrying signs that said, no hate at Amazon. And they, they're accusing Amazon management, which is one of the most far left people group on the face of the planet, including Jeff Bezos himself. But they were, these guys were, were uh, accusing the Amazon management of, quote, spreading a culture through transphobic books, not that they have written, that they sell. And they said that Amazon, the company they work for, is creating a hostile workplace environment for transgender employees. Nobody is more on their knees in service to the LGBTQ, AI plus whatever group than Jeff Bezos. I mean... He's the guy that wrote the $2 million check to help the gays win the gay marriage thing in, in Washington State. I remember that well. Yeah, right near the end, he wrote a $2 million check to push them over the top. With They just flooded the media. But these guys are, 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 are marching against him and his company because he won't take and burn all the books about transgenderism. Man, if they start that... If they could get a ban on books that in that category, the Bible would be the first one to be burned or tossed in Elliott Bay or whatever. I mean, that's what would happen. And then many science books that are warning people about this so-called transgenderism, I guess they would have to be thrown in the fire as well. I don't know. Seattle police officers were banned from marching in the parade yesterday, the Pride Parade, but they were counted on to quell any kind of riots or any kind of uprisings that might take place. So we need the police, but I don't. we don't want anybody to know that we're, we're depending on them because we don't want to be associated with them. What a 
crazy, screwed-up world we live in. I'll tell you. That's why Paul wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 6. He said, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's exactly what we're seeing today is what Paul was seeing and the Christians of his day, but that's what we're seeing today. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against political differences of opinion. This goes much deeper than that. And that's why these deep thinkers, quote unquote, are saying, boy, we just need to come together in this country. And Joe Biden, when he was a, a more of a presence of mind back when he was running for, for president, he would often say, I'm going to heal America. And I thought, Joe, you're anything but a healer. But nobody can heal America except Jesus Christ himself. A spiritual revival will so-called, quote-unquote, heal America. But we are divided not by political ideology. We are divided by deeply held spiritual beliefs. And they are spiritual. Some demonic. The headline of Governor Inslee's e-message Friday, he puts it out, I'm on his list, on his list. It says... West Coast states launch new multi-state commitment to reproductive freedom, standing united, this is Governor Jay Inslee, standing united on protecting abortion access in face of U.S. Supreme Court decision on Roe v. Wade. I'm suggesting, I want to tell you what he's talking about, but I'm suggesting that they, Washington, Oregon, and California, have created an unholy trinity to carry out the work of Satan. I'm not suggesting they know this. I don't know what they know, but I certainly know what they're doing. And so do you, and you should if you don't. So they have brought this thing together. California, Oregon, and Washington, he notes, will continue to be a safe haven for all people seeking abortions and other reproductive health care services in these states. It's a formal pact that they've put together. It is indeed an unholy trinity. Washington, Oregon. California. The governors, Governor Inslee said, the governors of California, Oregon, and Washington today issued, quote, a multi-state commitment to defend access to reproductive health care, including abortion and contraceptives, and committed to protecting patients and doctors against efforts by other states to export their abortion bans to our states. Justice Clarence Thomas, whom I spoke about a moment ago, is questioning If other so-called rights, quote-unquote, said to be constitutional, actually are, including same-sex marriage. He said they found that, the progressives found that in the Constitution, but he said actually the Constitution doesn't give that right to anyone. It doesn't exist. Biblical pro-life citizens are rejoicing, and rightly so, and we should continue to rejoice. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God has answered the prayers and the efforts of tens of thousands who have stood out by the buildings and marched in the March for Life parades and done what you've done. And probably only God knows how much you've done, how much you've prayed, how much you've stood, how much you've taken action as best you could. And God will bless you for that. And he has, I'm sure, but he will. But in one sense, the battle has just begun. Progressive governors like Inslee and Brown and Newsom, here on the left coast, as it's often called, rightly so, 
They're desperately trying to hold on to the past. They're not progressive at all. While conservatives are trying to repent for our nation and move forward together in renewal and honoring the sanctity of life, because if you take away life, there's nothing left. There's nothing. Life. Jesus himself said, I have come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. Life is the essence of human existence. And we want to destroy all of those lives that are inconvenient. And we want to do so legally. And we want the government to pay for the abortion. The multi-state commitment affirms the governor's commitment in response to the U.S. Supreme Court's unprecedented, they say, decision to strip away a constitutional right that has been in place for half a century, leaving abortion regulation to the states. Not stripping it away, it's been pushed to the states and each state can decide. Obviously, Governor Inslee and Kate Brown, bisexual Kate Brown by her own admission, and Governor Newsom, they're kneeling at the altar of Molech. And I don't say that lightly, but I mean it. The governor's note that the sweeping decision means that for patients in more than half the country, home to 33.6 million women, abortion care is illegal and inaccessible. Thank God. It should never be legal to kill people that you don't want or that are inconvenient. I wrote an article today on this, and I... I sourced, as I always do, a number of these things. And in it, you can go to this commitment. I link to that, and you can read it. But it sounds and feels more like a religious document than a political one to me. The governors have also produced this strong video testimony. Their seemingly religious commitment to abortion. It's a minute and 17 seconds. I included that in the article that I wrote as well. The article is on our website. We do one every day except when I take a little time off, and I'm thinking about taking some here before long. And no, you don't have to applaud. No, I'm kidding. But I, I am going to take some time. But every day I write an article, and you can read it on faithandfreedom.us. But on this one-minute, 17-second video, you can see the depth of their commitment in killing these unwanted, unborn babies. I mean, it's amazing. I want to share with you a part of what they're saying in this kind of a manifesto that they put together. I mean, really, it's, it's pretty organized. I mean, it's it's formal. Governor Jay Inslee promises to fight like hell. That's Those are his words. I don't use that word, except in the context of, in a biblical or spiritual context. But yeah, he's going to fight like hell for the right to dispose of unwanted children. Governor Inslee says, and he may be a nice guy, but he's terribly, terribly misled, and he's being used. He says the law remains unchanged in Washington state, but the threat to patient access and privacy has never been more dangerous. Even in Washington state, Republicans have introduced about 40 bills in the past six years to roll back abortion rights and access to reproductive care. Let me rerun that. Just Let's just reverse that and take another look at it. He says even in Washington state, that's pretty indicative, isn't it? He believes that Washington state is so thoroughly secular, far-left, progressive, relativistic, whatever the left wants to say, that anyone in their right mind wouldn't even consider floating a bill, a legislator, wouldn't even consider floating a bill that would be 
in contradiction to any of this massive, dark, ungodly, unrighteous movement of the left. It's indicative of the confidence that this unholy trinity has for the hold of darkness on their state. That's pretty telling to me. Inslee continues, the right of choice should not depend on which party holds the majority, but that's where we find ourselves. More than half the nation's population now lacks safe access to a medical procedure the only, that only a patient and their doctor can and should make for themselves. Well, that's a lie. God himself and only God is ultimately the giver and the taker of life, and any, including in the mother's womb, and anyone, any progressive that tries to usurp the role of God, they should know that that never ends well. That line fooled Eve, and it's fooling some of our elected public servants now. God help us. Washington State remains steadfast in our commitment to protecting the ability and right of every patient. He goes on and on and on, and he says again, I'm certain we can hold back the tide or something to that effect, and then he says, we will fight like H-E-L-L. I'm sure, I'm sure the keepers of hell are cheering he and others on. Maybe they don't know it, but Satan knows. This is demonic. Oregon Governor Kate Brown says abortion is health care. No matter who you are or where you come from, Oregon doesn't turn away anyone seeking health care, period. Let me be clear, Kate Brown says, you cannot ban abortion. You can only ban safe abortion. And this disgraceful Supreme Court decision will undoubtedly put many people's lives at risk in addition to stripping away a constitutional right that disproportionately affects women and so on. She's living in the past. Then she makes this promise. She says... For all the Americans today feeling scared, angry, and disappointed, for everyone who needs an abortion and does not know where they can access safe reproductive health care, please know you are not alone and the fight is not over. What she's suggesting is, come unto me, all you who are scared and angry and disappointed, and I will give you support. And know that I will not leave you nor forsake you. You are not alone. The fight is not over, she promises. Governor Governor Gavin Newsom, he said the Supreme Court has made it clear they want to strip women of their liberty and let Republican states replace it with mandated birth because the right mandated birth. Boy, these guys just keep keep coming up with more and more words. It's like a word salad. I mean, it's just all mixed up. But they, they come up with these words. I mean, it's amazing. But he, too, promises, too, and he uses the word, fight like hell to protect our rights and our values. Well, those may be his rights and values and Governor Inslee's rights and values and Kate Brown's rights and values, but they're not ours, not all of us. Not all of us are going to fall into that dark, pit that black hole of progressivism and secularism. We will serve the Lord. The bottom line is the Constitution does not give the right, regardless of what the left calls abortion. Roe v. Wade was overturned even as the late hero of the left, just as Ruth Bader Ginsburg predicted it would be. And this too shall pass. 
Satan will be bruised and ultimately cast into the lake of fire. I have more to say, but we'll continue this conversation right here tomorrow. Thank you for your support. It makes this program possible. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.